the Chef Naz Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Naz Podcast. That's a podcast at Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to help people take their next step toward Jesus. This podcast is part of that. We want to help you engage daily in your faith, and we're thankful for you for listening. Today, we are going to be talking about the sermon for this past Sunday. It's the final sermon in our Revelation series. We'll be looking at the seven churches that Jesus speaks to in the book of Revelation, and Pastor Rob is here, and we're going to dive into it. So, Rob... Welcome in, man. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, the day of airing of this episode is October 31st. Yep. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say happy Halloween. Sure. But I just did. So You did. I did. Uh, we just say that because we want to remind you that we think that it's an incredible time that you have the opportunity tonight uh, mm-hmm. to meet your neighbors, to get to know them, to extend the love of Jesus through passing out some candy and being a great host so we want you to do that. So don't don't miss that tonight. Yep. Don't turn the lights off and sit and watch a movie and ignore people. Just love your neighbors. Yep, and don't um, give out crappy candy. Yeah, give out good candy. You know, <coughs> none of that off-brand stuff. Like we all love Werther's, Werther's originals, but Chocolate. like yeah, don't that's, give that that's stuff. That's the to go-to. Kids. So no apples or toothbrushes, things like that. Don't be no. that people. You might don't. find them going through your window. <laughs> don't be those people. Uh, but we just want to remind you that it's tonight. We would love for you to represent Shepherd well, to represent the kingdom of God well, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. And uh, don't forget that at the church, we have these flyers that you yeah, can hand out we want to, you to do that. Inter- invite your kit, the neighbors and families in your neighborhood. Yeah. To our fall event, movie night. And it's not too late. If you didn't grab them, you can come pick them up today. Right. We're here. Yeah. We're here right now. Mm-hmm. No matter what time you're listening, we're here. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. So, all right. <laughs> There's so, a good chance somebody's here. Yeah, we are um, on the last sermon yep, in this Part eight, series. number seven. Church number seven. Yeah. Um, and this is the letter to the church in Laodicea. Right. Right? Yep. Um, you want me to just like... Let's read it. Yeah. Can we read it? Yep, go for it. Okay, this is what it says. It's uh, Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 14. It says this, Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea, Thus says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot, and I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes that you may be dressed, and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be zealous and repent." See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I have also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Yep. Yep. It's good. It's uh, most people have heard of that verse that you yeah. just read, verse 20, here I am, I stand at the door and, and knock. And we take it so positive. Yeah. It's like, 
people put that as like their life verse or like their yeah <laughs> this is not a it's, positive passage a, of scripture <laughs> the scripture itself is not but at the very end what we do see is like yeah. Jesus is taught, I mean this He's is like, you can like this church makes Jesus sick we'll get to that eventually yeah. But the great thing about Jesus at the very end, he's like, I still want to have dinner with you. Yeah, it's I amazing. Still, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, so in this passage of scripture, the, the, the pattern has been that Jesus introduces himself in the beginning part of the, of the letter. Mm-hmm. And for the first five churches, Jesus introduced himself with some similarity or recollection back to the vision that John had in Revelation chapter one. Last week, the church in Philadelphia, Jesus took the pattern and got rid of it, mm-hmm. and he does the same thing yeah. here. Um, so the the way that Jesus describes himself here doesn't have anything to do with the vision John had, but it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. And if you're uh, in the church in Laodicea, you're probably a little bit afraid after this, right? <laughs> so Jesus, first of all, he talks about, he says he's the amen. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, amen, we say that in church, we say that after we pray and everything, um, and and the word amen is kind of a version of the Hebrew word meaning truth or affirmation mm-hmm. or certainty. So mm-hmm. like on Sundays when uh, you, if you ever hear a good preacher preaching and somebody says amen, they're it's like truth, yeah. like they're they're adding to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's affirmation, like I'm affirming that or mm-hmm. yes kind of deal. Um, and and so it seems weird that Jesus would say he's the amen. Um, but but what Jesus is saying here is that he is the uh, fulfillment and confirmation of everything that Scripture has said about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like it's like it's awesome that this is at the very end of the the seven churches because what Jesus is doing is he's basically saying like the summary of everything that's been said about him, everything that he's done, he fulfills it all. And when we look back at his life, we're like, yes. Amen, truth, preach it, that kind of thing, right? And we see through Scripture that that, that phrase is used a lot. Like, in, for example, in Nehemiah, um, it says that Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worship. So in other words, it's like when Ezra says something that they agree with, then, then they're like, Amen, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so what Jesus is saying is like, I'm the... I'm, I'm the fulfillment of everything that's been said about me. Like, it's all here in me. Uh, and it's interesting that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, he says, certainly Christ made God's many promises come true. Like, that's, catch that. Like, Christ made God's many, God's many promises come true. And for that reason, because of our message, people also honor God by saying, amen. Yeah. Right? So everything the prophets have said, uh, everything God has ever said, everything God, every promise God ever made, mm-hmm. everything the apostles ever said, everything the epistles ever say, everything that the Old Testament, the New Testament, everything that's been recorded in Scripture, everything that's happened in history, Jesus is the fulfillment of it all. And Paul's like, when we look at Jesus, we're like, he is the amen. Like, he is the fulfillment of all that. Then Jesus goes on, and he says he's the faithful and true witness, right? And this is just a further explanation of the previous thought because everything he speaks is true. So everything he does is true and everything he speaks is true. Mm-hmm. And again, what we're talking about is not the opposite of false because there's the, the, there's two words for true in Greek. One is like the opposite of false, like a, sure. a lie and a truth. But what Jesus is saying here is like the other true word true means authentic, yeah, right? Real. It's the real deal, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus is saying, I'm the fulfillment of everything. I'm the real deal, Right, yep. uh, and and then and then he says, and it's interesting in the 
in the NIV version, Jesus says, uh, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Uh, other versions say that he is um, uh, different. And so what it really means is that Jesus is the originator mm-hmm. of God's creation. Your version of the Bible yeah. you just read said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so uh, it means he's the originator. And this is this is interesting because some translations are ambiguous and and. And what some people have done is they've taken that passage of Scripture where it says Jesus is the ruler of creation, or the King James Version says he's the beginning of the creation of God. So when the King James Version says that, some people are like, oh, well, God was, Jesus was created by God. Mm. And and then if you believe that Jesus was created by God, then then you know and understand that Jesus couldn't be a deity Jesus couldn't be God, right? Uh, and that's not the theology that we believe. And right. so there are false teachers mm-hmm. in Laodicea who would take that passage of Scripture and say that Jesus was created by God, mm. therefore he wasn't a deity, therefore um, I can't trust in him for my salvation and other things, and so I've got to do it myself. That was the primary problem in Laodicea is that they, they were self-reliant, mm. self-righteous, and didn't think they needed Jesus. Are you ready for the trick-or-treaters that will show up on your porch this week? You know, a big part of your grocery budget spent on chocolate, a festive costume. Add to all that a stack of invitations to fall movie night. Make sure the families in your neighborhood know that this coming Saturday, we want them to join us for roasted marshmallows and hot dogs, hay rides, and an outdoor family-friendly movie. Bring lawn chairs and warm blankets. We hope to meet a lot of new families from your neighborhoods. Um, but actually, the Greek word uh, for uh, he is the beginning or he is the ruler of all things or the originator, as your version said, the word is arche, and it means an agent that is the cause of something but does not itself have a cause. That's cool because yeah. what that means is that Jesus is the one who caused creation. He spoke it. It mm-hmm. came into being. And he himself didn't have a cause or a creation in the beginning. That matches up with the Bible, right? Because John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, meaning Jesus. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Like So so that matches the, the rest of Scripture. And as we've talked about in this series... It's really important that we make sh- we recognize that Scripture complements itself and never contradicts itself, yeah. and so to make sure we get the the right thing. And so then, because he's the originator, originator that's a hard word to say. <laughs> Words are hard because he's the originator of all creation. He's also the ruler of it because yeah. he made it right. And we see that Paul says this: "For by him, and the him is Jesus. All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities." All things were created by him and for him. So Jesus walks up to the church, writes a letter and says, I'm the amen. I'm the fulfillment of everything. I am the original mm-hmm. and I uh, and I, I made it all and I hold it all together and I'm ruling over everything, right? So so it, this is important because Jesus is, is, is not about to give them criticism as a casual observer. Mm-hmm. He's showing up as sovereign Lord, right? He's like, I'm your boss. And, and I've got some things to say to you, right? <laughs> so it was was like if they if I were a part of the church, I would have been like a little squirmy in my seat, mm-hmm. knowing what Jesus is going to do. 
So really quick, we'll wrap up this ver- this this episode with two things. I want to talk a little bit about this city, Laodicea, yeah, because um, it's an interesting city. And if we understand the geography of the city, it helps us understand the message that Jesus gives yeah. and why all, he used yeah. some of the, the yeah. language he used. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all connected. So, so uh, was Laodicea? I forgot the name of the town. Laodicea <laughs> was was a was a part of a triad of cities. So there were three cities that were together, fairly close. They were about ten miles apart. Um, and the other two cities was Colossae, which is the, where the book of Colossians was mm-hmm. written to, and Hierapolis. Um, and there's no Bible verse, or no Bible books about that or whatever. But so Laodicea, Colossae, and Hierapolis, they kind of existed and they, they kind of made a triangle uh, there. Um, but what's interesting is that Laodicea was um, uh, on a high plateau. Um, and so it was, it was fairly unconquerable. It was easy to defend it because the, mm-hmm. their, their enemies had to climb up a mountain to get to them, and they could defend on all four sides. And so there was that. But it was very vulnerable because of where it was. There was no water supply. Right, and they had to bring it in. Yeah, yeah. so they literally had to pipe in their, their water supply. So, so the, the, the Laodiceans thought, oh, this is, this is gonna, we're going to be like a luxury city. We're going to have hot water and cold water. Yeah. So what happens is uh, in in Colossae, cold water. Yep. C for Colossae, C for cold. That's how I remember that. <laughs> Colossae, uh, right? They have cold water, yep. and so they built this system of aqueducts uh, made out of stone, and they pipe in cold water from Colossae, which is about ten miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Hierapolis, there are hot springs. Hierapolis, hot. Get see how smart I am. <laughs> All right, so there's... Whatever works, man. <laughs> the brain works in strange ways. So so they have... There's these hot springs there, and yeah. they put aqueducts there. If you want hot water, mm-hmm. you get it from there, right? But here's the problem. So imagine, imagine this water that's mm-hmm. running through stone aqueducts for year after year after year. It's picking up all these minerals and deposits and other unhealthy things, especially the hot water, the hot springs, mm-hmm. right? And it's sitting in the in the in the in the aqueducts and all that other kind of stuff. By the time that the the water gets to Laodicea, the hot water is warm. It's not hot anymore. And the cold water is warm. Mm-hmm. But because it was in this series of aqueducts, and I and I showed some pictures on Sunday of it, and they're, they're it's pretty nasty. I mean, it's like stone things, and you know how things build up in pipes mm-hmm. over the years. Um, when a when a visitor would come and take a drink of the water for the first time. It was so bad, it would make them want to vomit. Yeah, it's bitter um, it, and nasty, yeah, chalky. Yep. It was just, it was, you know, maybe if you live there, you get used to it, which apparently is what happened well, because that's I, how they got their water. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and that's kind of what the water tastes like. So. Well, well, <laughs> it was it was very sulfury. Yeah, it was it was bad. So so that's kind of how that's kind of that's kind of the water situation. Yeah. We'll, we'll revisit that when Jesus talks Absolutely. about the church, right? Mm-hmm. And then also in Laodicea, there were there were three primary industries. There was banking, so there was a wealthy place. People had a lot of money. Um, they also produced black wool, and so there were apparently some kind of animal, I guess, a sheep or something like that, that lived there that produced black wool, and and so they could make black clothes and carpet and rugs and those kinds of things from there, and exported them from there. And then there was a very important city in terms of medical research and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And at, at the medical center there, they had uh, developed a a salve that you could put on a person's eye, and it would help them 
uh, with an eye disease that was very prevalent back then. So, so the city was very important in those three industries, banking, mm-hmm. um, at black wool and medical, but they had especially exported this eye salve all over the Greco Roman world. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a little bit about this city. And then the church was very, had the same similar history as the other six churches mm-hmm. that we've talked about. Uh, it was probably started by uh, the work that Paul did in Acts chapter 19. Uh, one thing that we know about this church that we don't know about many of the others is that a lot of theologians think that Archippus, who is Philemon's son, remember we talked about Philemon, there's a whole book in the Bible yep. of and if you want to like feel like you've done a lot, you can just read Philemon and say, I read the entire book of Philemon. Mm-hmm. It's one chapter, but you can say, I read a whole book, uh, and it's really cool. But anyway, uh, Philemon's son, Archippus, was the pastor of the church. Uh, and then so Jesus shows up, he, or he visits the church, he writes this letter, tells John to write it, and delivers the letter. And we'll talk about the letter tomorrow, but that's yep. a little bit about the church and where it is and where it was. And and uh, and I think I think again, there's just a lot of great value in yep. that whole Knowing. introduction of Jesus mm-hmm. and being the the Amen and the 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 true witness and um, the uh, the ruler, you know, the originator of all creation. So pretty cool theology there. Yeah. So that's the backdrop. That's the backdrop of this um, letter to the church in Laodicea. Tomorrow, what we're going to do is dive in then to the pretty harsh things that Jesus has to say about this church. And then you'll see what we're talking about when we say why it was important that the water was bitter and lukewarm and all that stuff as we get into it. If you have any questions or comments, you can get a hold of us, podcast at shepnaz.org. You can find out all things that are happening at Shepherd through our website, our app, and social media pages. We're thankful for you for listening. Go ahead and share this with your friends, and don't miss an episode. For Pastor Rob, I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.